citizens of the verse. Today is May 31st, 2952, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. There's the 1400 error living in your heart. It's Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. 1400 error. Uh, I guess I'm slow today. But hello, hello, everybody. And, of course, we have the infinite loading screen of death himself, Mr. Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. I'll be right with you as soon as I load in. (laughs) Mm. Um, I make stupid jokes because this episode is our 30K episode. We have had over 30,000 listens of Citizen Cast since we've launched. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, hopefully we can get another 30k um, and and continue but uh, yeah uh, it's been a very eventful couple weeks that we've been away <laughs> um, yeah. so uh, you know I, I guess for starters Seagard what have you been up to in the verse so obviously I was participating in as much of the uh, and a lot of the uh, the show you know the uh, show of the ships and everything but a mm-hmm. lot of it for me was actually practicing trying to figure out some good cargo runs and you know based on some input from others and and uh, did that and did had some good luck doing that which was kind of fun and then uh, also was melting and buying packs to minimize the number of military ships i had and maximize the number of industrial ships i had so that was, is that because of your industrial focus or yeah, it's any particular reason? Just because I'm industrial focused. I don't need, you know, five vanguards. I don't need yeah. you know, this, that, and the other. And I, because I have spent a fair amount of money, I have two F8 Lightning. So, like, last thing I needed right off the bat was another, you know, heavy fighter. Yeah. I had, like, 15 or 20, you know, military ships before. And now I'm down to about a handful. And one of those is an Aurora LN. So, you know, I kept things like the Mantis, mm. the Aurora LN. I got uh, went back to one of my favorite uh, light medium fighters, which is the uh, Origin 325A. And then uh, I got an Ion because it's different. It's a different type mm-hmm. of play. And then I have my two F8 Lightnings from the, from the uh, subscriber and uh, concierge level. I, nice. I did keep... Um, Two bigger ships, the Pegasus and um, the Polaris, because I I rebought the RSI pack. But the you, oh, you mean the Perseus? Yeah, Perseus. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, um, but I did get rid like rid of my Nautilus and Hammerhead and a bunch of that stuff. So I uh, ended up ended up with the finishing the week with buying a um, war or not a war bond, buying a uh, Using credits, a Drake pack. So I got two, um, something I didn't think I'd really want, but I got two of the, um, what do you call them? Uh, Krakens. Krakens as part of the Drake pack for industrial purposes, really. So. Wow. I mean, that's great. It'll, it'll definitely, I'm sure it'll come in handy, um, you know, and as a, like a refueling station or. Right. Well, I've got a full, you know, like elk. 
the outside of this is like I have all the all the mining ships, right? I have all the yeah. salvage ships. I have all the supply ships, like the Crucible and the Vulcan and the, you know, the SRV and the, you know the you know. Uh, I also have you know the Starfare. I have you know so I have a grouping of ships. I have mm. two of the um, bounty hunting craft. Now I have the individual one, and then I have the Drake. So the Anvil uh, Wasp is it Wasp? What's Anvil? Uh, Hawk. Hawk. That's it. And I mm. have the uh, Cutlass Blue, which looks fantastic in camouflage. Oh, uh, nice! Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, and then I have my Crucible uh, and all that stuff for repair. But I have a, a whole list of cargo ships going from the Core Ray all the way up to the whole E. You know, separated by fifty or one hundred and fifty per between ships. So nice. Yeah, it's That's pretty, great. Pretty good. Awesome. Um, check off. What have you been up to? Well, I did. Um, you know, rented a bunch of ships to see what I like, what I dislike, because this was my time to spend some money, and I actually was waiting patiently to buy a Corsair. And what happened is CAG would not let me buy it because I was thinking around for an hour. I couldn't put it in my shopping cart. And, you know, a bunch of things were going wrong, and I was frustrated. So, you know what I did at the end of the day? I say, you know what? If you're going to make it so difficult, I'm not giving you my money. I ended up just buying everything in-game. Good for you. And that's it. So I'm just going to wait again for the Corsair. Because I figure it's going to come out late. I'll have another opportunity to buy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you'll be able to, if you want to purchase it, you can probably purchase it during IAE. Right, exactly. And that's why it's like I hate to reward, uh, I guess, uh, not bad behavior, but just bad business practice. It's like, okay, you guys want us to spend money, and we're talking about real money. Well, at least get you, you know what, together to allow us to, you know, give you a credit card and put a freaking thing into a shopping cart. But they can't get that right. You were having issues with that, though? Yeah, it was like, uh, it would. you would search a Corsair, and I would put the, what's the other one? Uh, The other fighter in instead of a Corsair. Yeah, and they would put that in. So I couldn't, you know, there was no matter what I did, I couldn't buy the Corsair. That's weird. So, they didn't They didn't sell the Corsair even though it was in the showroom. No, no. And then finally it appeared. But by the time it appeared, I changed my mind. Oh, okay. So I, Yeah, I had a similar problem with the Kraken. I mean, I know that they want to limit the ship, you know, purchasing um, and force people to earn it in game. But... There gets to be a point where you spent enough money. You yeah. go, Wait a minute. I want to spend it. I want to buy it. Right. I, and I was jerking around for years trying to get the right packages. And finally, this one little opening let me buy the ships I wanted with less fighters. Right. Yeah. You know, well, that's good. Yeah. I, um, I've been, uh, I've been playing actually, not not a huge amount, but just a little bit. You know, some cargo yeah. hauling. I went to the cool. Fleet Week Expo. 
um, a few times. The game has been running rough for me still, but especially in or- Orison, it's real rough. Right. Um, like, for instance, whenever I leave the expo, I cannot get off the like the the transportation doesn't the space station not the space station well yeah the space station uh doesn't spawn for me when i'm coming back from the expo so that was unique i did the tour of the javelin again also just because in case there was anything different and just to refresh my memory i actually had that pack i had the javelin and the idris uh, I decided to get frustrated, and I just said, you know, screw it. I'll just buy it. Because bottom line is I had a lot of industrial ships, but I had a lot of money left in credits. Yeah. And it's like, what am I going to do with this? Like, you know, I'm not going to buy credits with it. It's too much money. You know, you're just throwing, yeah. money, you're throwing more money away. Let's put it that way. So I said, I'll do it. And I had it for about one evening, and I thought, you know, this is stupid. You know. You can't even man the ship. It's it's you need you know eighty people for the max crew and because doesn't the Kraken only require ten? Uh, yeah, I mean they could go much lower. There's no doubt about it. But even that will be hard to to manage. Right? You need AI. <clears throat> you know, something yeah, you probably like need at least a couple. Yeah, with a Kraken, I mean, I, I or an Idris even, I can see having a crew of AI. And one player kind of controls it as their main ship, and the others operate from it. Mm. Yeah, other people operate from it. Uh, you know, but you need some ability to make a ship like that worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I might as well just wait and get it at the, in the game. And I have enough industrial ships; I should be able to earn anything in the game. So yeah, it'll be cool because you have the privateer also, and like if you wanted to, that really could just be sort of like your. That, that could be like a forward operating outpost or like, you know, like, yeah, like the furthest kind of like the restock refuel. And then you complete it. You create a supply chain line right. between that and, um, you know, the closest bit of humanity. And then it really could enable even further um, well, for, you know, exploration for me, out. For me, it's never been about one planet or one system right yeah if you're a single player you want to stay within one system but if you're playing with a group you know and you're contributing to that group i would like to be able to field ships in multiple systems to allow the group to operate there yeah when they allow us to share you know between the groups you know the guys the other guys that have you know large number of ships in the group uh we should be able to you know, actually operate from four or five solar systems. Yeah. Um, we also had a nice little event. Uh, I don't know, were you there? Right. The, with, uh, I wasn't. I oh, wasn't. Wait. That was good. Yeah. You're right. Bring that up. That's good. Yeah, that was cool. Everybody brought down a variety of ships. I had a Starfia rented, so <laughs> I think what is, somebody got on it without realizing it. Uh, Snorkel's ship was parked right next to me, and they deployed the uh, the fueling arm. It went <laughs> right through him. <laughs> it was very Basic- funny. So basically, Chekhov was driving a Japanese whaling ship and harpooned 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah see. <laughs> I harpooned it right through. And he survived, actually, yeah. when I pulled the harpoon out. But let me tell you, that's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy the Starfare with all the gadgets. I mean, mm. you can fill up all the tanks individually. You could select how much quantum, how much hydrogen. You could select the flow rate, the, um, you know, how much you charge yeah. for each fuel. Uh, you know, uh, the percentage or markup. I mean, there's just quite a bit of. I, I didn't realize there was so much control already in the game for for the refueling using the yeah. Starfare. There really is. Yeah. yeah, they added the new panel to the back. They added one more panel in the back to give you even more control. Yeah. So, but that was no, once came cool. up with that idea. That little like ship me. Yeah. Sent it out and. Uh, you know, you, you know, we're not really an org, we're a site, and it was amazing how many people just showed up. I mean, we probably had 20 people on there. Yeah, and, and I, I love the idea it of the was meet because it's like yeah. you, because usually when you're doing something, you know, if you're doing bounties together or mining, you kind of spread out here, we're all actually together, you know, all the ships were grounded, everybody walked around, looked at each other's ships, you know, different... Uh, Check off was harpooning ships. ships. <laughs> What's that? Check off was harpooning ships. Everyone was oh, running, yeah. waiting, running from it, waiting for the explosion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, we should dive into it because we got a couple weeks of content. Yeah. Um. So ISC, the the one from two weeks ago, we got our first look at the Anvil Legionnaire. Um, with space, uh, so it comes with space for the pilot and co-pilot, as well as eight marines. Um, it's really meant, and I think this is the part that we found a lot of people found interesting. It's meant to forcibly dock um, with ships and actually use hacking mechanics to open the docking collar, uh, and as well as the the docking collar can fit both types of docking collars that they have in the game currently. Uh, we also got a. a a history lesson on the history of Invictus uh, in prep for Invictus launch week. And actually I didn't realize the history of it, which is really interesting Yeah, it is, is um, Invictus was the name of the ship that would actually go to the different systems and pick up incoming um, naval uh, recruits recruits. Yeah. And it was really back in a time when most people, not everybody had a ship. Um, and don't forget also star citizen really is about the people who own ships, but there's plenty of people who just stay on one planet or don't travel to planets without, or they might have to book a ship and a flight on a Genesis Starliner or something. They don't own their own ships. It's supposed to be for people who are wealthy or, or wealthier. Um, so that was ISC uh, two weeks ago. What did you th- what did you think, Seaguard? I thought it was good. I thought it was a great uh, little bit of lore, and uh, and I liked the whole thing. I mean, what did you think I, of the, was, the Legionnaire? <laughs> I think the Legionnaire is a cool ship. I really do. Yeah. I actually bought one initially. Uh, ended up melting it. Uh, ended up melting it because I got the you know the uh, Aegis pack when I got the javelin and all that. And then melted mm. the whole thing again. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. It was a little bit frustrating buying. But um, 
But no, I, the Legionnaire, I think, is a cool little ship. I uh, wish it had two beds for the crew to sleep on, but I think for what it's Oh, it doesn't? Work, I didn't see any beds in the side di- diagrams. Obviously, I couldn't go in it because it it's not built yet. Yeah. Um, but it is a cool ship. There's no doubt about it. And I'm, it, you know, especially if it brings along the electronic warfare yeah. aspect of hacking into the ship and being kind of stealthy enough to get in. Uh, yeah. I think that's very cool. It's it's big. I was kind of surprised at how big it actually is. It looks small in the pictures, but, you know, it's almost the size of probably a, a javelin. I mean, it's big ship. Javelin? Or not a javelin, uh, a uh, Valkyrie. Yeah, I was gonna say it does look it does look about the set close to the same size as a Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Um, actually, I don't know if I even saw it. What was it a, a hologram? Uh, it was a hologram. Yeah, in no, the, I didn't. Invictus, but you didn't you didn't see I it on the site or anything. No, I, I don't think I no not that one. Nope. It has the QA front will be out this week. Yeah, it has the front of a terrapin and the back of really the uh, redeemer. Okay, no, no. Yeah, oh, okay. I think it's the back like is sort of Valkyrie esque yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, Valkyrie in the back too. Yeah, so it carries a squad of guys in basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, I saw the ship. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can you know when the holograms is kind of tough to. So I don't know the specs. Oh yeah, on, so. yeah, it is hard to see tell. Um, so Star Citizen Live two weeks ago was an AI roundtable, and just some of the um, highlights. Uh, they have uh, one of the things that that's exciting for the team members is they actually have a proper in-house motion capture studio, uh, which mm-hmm. we did le- learn a couple weeks ago that they're. Um, you know, building even more motion capture studios, which is cool. They showed off some of the um, subcomponent gameplay and how it'll have an impact, and talked about how it'll have an impact on the ship. Uh, there's a lot of work uh, going into the subcomponents and allowing NPCs to use them and act, you know, um, actually interact with them. Yep. Uh, so for example, you can give an NPC an assignment. It could be something broad, like pay attention to shields, or it could be, you know, here's your routine as an engineer. You could say, okay, focus on this section of the ship or this subsection. Um, but you have to keep in mind the specialization of the NPC. You know, you could task a janitor, for example, with focusing on the shields, but they aren't going to do as well. And they might actually get upset because they aren't, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, same as if you tried to make a engineer clean toilets, um, uh, everything that an NPC is going to need to do, uh, will require animations. So for example, if, uh, NPC is going to be able to be an engineer or, rep- or repair a ship, um, then for a gladius, they might actually need to include ladder animations and other things because some of the components might be on the top. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a lot of work getting all those animations in. Uh, full fidelity, of course, is their long-term goal. They want it to feel like you're interacting with crew. Uh, MPC landing systems are sort of like, you know, a future state in terms of like, 
creating planet sized spawn closets, right? So that, that NPCs can actually land in when something's happening and, and come down from orbit and, and actually uh, join into it, you know, an, either an encounter or, or whatever. Uh, AI will have traits in combat, for example, weapon handling, if they, you know, if, and hiding, if they're more well-trained, they'll hold the gun properly and they'll take the right, right type of cover. If they're not really trained in combat, uh, they might hold the gun in a weird way or not cover as well. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be clear whether or not they're used to it. And they're currently working on hospital, um, AI. Hmm. You mean like nurses? Yeah, and doctors. Nice. Et cetera. Uh, so that was S. Uh, in Live two weeks ago. Thoughts, Seaguard? Thoughts, feelings? I, I actually was... I, I, I think the AIs are looking pretty awesome. Um, they were showing the AI replacing things and, mm-hmm. you know, flipping the little... Um, cir- like circuit breaker devices, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was really cool. I think it's a great way to do it. I'd rather give broad, you know, it's, I don't want to be sitting there micromanaging someone as a captain on a ship, yeah, uh, or, or, or as the driver. I'd like the engineer maybe too, but not me, right? <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was great. And I also kept thinking on the landing piece, um, you know given our history of, uh, especially mine, of planting a Valkyrie with, uh, you know, 15 guys in the back into the dirt, trying to <laughs> seek that last covered, covered and concealed position before the towers blew us up. The, uh, I think it would be kind of neat to have an AI actually drop you off, do all the evasive flying in, do a hot drop, and now you can run out with the squad and go clear a building. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it would that, be. That would be very, very neat. It would let us focus our people on the ground and let the ships do the air cover, uh, which might be fun. Yeah, so. for sure. So pretty exciting um, stuff. Yeah, same, same. Agreed. What uh, What about you, Chekhov? What are your, what are your thoughts? Ex- I am ecstatic about AI because my thought always that it's very challenging to get crews, you know, that will entice me actually to go for larger ships. The only reason why I don't like to get ships, even the, even the heavy fighters that like hurricane that relies on the turret operator to be good. Um, I'm really hesitant to get that because it's very difficult to, to organize play with real players, you know, because, you know, real life gets in the way. Uh, but when yeah. you have AI, I mean, that just, opens up a whole realm of possibilities. Yeah. Especially yeah, when they persist, you know, uh, uh, being able to go to sleep, you know, having AI persist while you're sleeping and continue your tasks and then you wake up and then certain tasks are done for you and you go on, like, pick up where you left off and, you know, that will be really cool. A lot of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited, and, and and it seems like it it will be quite, um, quite uh, robust. Um, yeah, I like the episode as well, and it, it was pretty fact, you know, fact filled, which is nice. I always prefer those over some of the more kooky things that they do, but 
Then we can't have it all the time, I guess. Um, last week, real briefly, the Inside Star Citizen, we got a look at the mule. Drake's new little mover. Um, adorable uh, little vehicle. Uh, as well as the Scorpius. Um, so, you know, what are your thoughts on the mule, folks? Do you, do you think it's going to be useful, Seaguard? Absolutely. Love them both. Yep. They're both great. Yep. I, I actually like, I mean, I think it's going to be exceptionally useful. Uh, useful. But, I, I mean, I actually like a lot of the ground vehicles that carry boxes and stuff on the back. You know, the, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it's super useful. One thing that came out of the QA um, is that it's not going to be like a forklift in the sense that it's not going to lift. I saw that cargo up. So that's a little disappointing. So how are you going to stack two and three? Yeah. But But I guess the SRV is also going to be used in that way. I would imagine it could be. Um, Plus we still don't have the larger handheld tractor beam. Um, that might be able to carry more, bigger um, equipment. Yeah, I played um, around with it. So I was, uh, uh, you know, purchased some, uh, uh, I guess, scrap just to try it out. And the mm-hmm. box physicalized in the back. And then in addition to that, I went and picked up some uh, box missions, you know, mm-hmm. the volatile cargo. And I was able to place those in the upper racks too. That was really oh, cool. cool. And one thing I could tell you, that thing climbs over anything. Anything. I went over like tall rocks, you know, metal objects. It just goes. And it's a more realistic feel than any of the other vehicles. It's actually not as jerky, it's not as quick, but it, that 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 gives it that real feel though. Yeah. You know? Cool. Um yeah, I thought I thought it looks cool. I hope it's f- super functional. I guess we'll find out once cargo's physicalized um, in a in a couple patches, um, or in a patch. <laughs> um, so, uh, Star Citizen Live was a little bit more um, a, a, a very content rich episode as well. We got the vehicle team um, answering questions about any ships. Uh, once again, I didn't. I didn't take all the highlights out. So definitely folks, if you are interested in this, that's definitely one to watch, but um, highlights include uh, them talking about physicalized components and where they stand. Um, Essentially they're going to start with physicalized components before they move to physical um, damage. And that is something that they're, they're targeting with gold standard as having the space for components in all of the ships. And they're targeting that for Q4, hopefully. Um, They are working on ship tractor beams. Uh, Once again, something that they're probably testing for the end of the year, ideally. Um, They talked a lot about slowing down the combat speed in order to make turrets more functional, in order to reduce the jousting, um, and really improve the physicality of combat. Um, The goal is still, of course, to make sure that... uh, you know, ships where you might have more than one player on them are just as viable as taking out individual ships uh, instead. 
they talked about escape pods and how they're not all going to work necessarily the same way. And they'll figure out some of those details as they finish physicalized damage. Um, ships, you know, multiplayer ships won't just explode out of nowhere. You will know it's coming through uh, different signs. And, and so you'll have time to either repair it or determine, uh-oh, this is too late. We're we're in a bad spot. Let's, let's abandon ship. Um, they do plan on balancing headlights and searchlights after the um, cargo, after physicalized cargo is launched, the store all box on the Aurora should work. Uh, boats are possible, but they haven't been working on them as of right now. And John Crew did mention potentially taking on a multi-level ground vehicle, a bigger multi-level ground vehicle at some point. Uh, so those were some of the highlights that I, I pulled from the episode. Uh, Seagard, thoughts? Um, anything you excited about? Any highlights you wanted to go over? Uh, no, not really. Um, in fact, I was just thinking about my question of the week instead. So, I kind of, <laughs> so I'll, I'll pass on this one. I was just, uh, no to worries. Yeah, but you I'll let Chekhov answer that you one. Can't, you can't pass because the only reason I answered these is because I kind of Really piggyback on your answers. So, okay, so right I'm now gonna, I'm I'll, I'll give a very quick so <laughs> a real short summation, ten or ten words or less. Of what do you want me to answer? Go ahead. Oh. Um, what did you think of the episode? Oh yeah, of the Star Citizen Live with the ship team. Okay, I didn't watch that. Oh, oh see? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Sorry. It's a pretty dense episode. It's over an hour long. It was pre-recorded. Um, I think the main thing is they talked a lot about continually improving combat and making it feel more realistic. They talked about flight balancing, which is exciting. You know, a lot of that is really going to revolve around control surfaces and how the air... Um, moves along the ship so once those changes are in then they'll be able to tweak um, flight um you know i think just really exciting stuff you know and it's 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 fun to see how things are going to evolve and i think you know that's pretty much my takeaway um yeah so this week uh inside star citizen is going to be um, about uh, taking a closer look at some of the mission system improvements coming with Alpha 317.2. Um, so that's pretty exciting. We will not have a Star Citizen Live because it's the... I forgot the name of the holiday in the UK, even though I work for a UK company. Um, but it's you know everybody in the UK has off Thursday and Friday, so we're not going to see a Star Citizen Live this week. Mm. Um, now on to a big meaty event that happened between now and last week was the letter from Chris Roberts. Oh my goodness. Super extensive about time. The last time we heard from Chris in a letter from the chairman was 2020 or was it 2020? Yeah. So it's 2022. Now it's been been a while uh, a weird time of year to release it um but makes a lot of sense um 
he brought up a couple different things. One, with 3.18, they are launching persistent entity streaming. Uh, and because that is a large, complex system, they are going to put it through more than their standard Evocati testing. They want a very long PTU and Evo phase um, because persistent entity streaming is absolutely a requirement in order to get server meshing. And so um, instead of 3.18 coming out at the end of next month, um, it's going to uh, likely start testing um, very soon uh, and come out at the end of Q3, ideally, is their target. So that will delay the cargo refractor. refactor. It'll delay salvage, but though that system will come in a lot smoother with a ton of testing. So that's the first part. Um, then he talked about sort of, and, and I am summarizing a huge document. You should all read it if you haven't. Yeah. Um, it's really important and really great information. He did he did talk about why things have taken so long. Um, uh, the other thing about persistent persistent, ah, oh my God, PES I'm going to call it is they I, I forgot to mention this, but they actually showed off a couple few weeks ago a working demo in the office where they um, put something in a location, killed the server pulled the server back up and that item was still there. So um, it's very exciting that they have it working. It's clearly going to need a lot of testing because I could see that being just absolutely crazy. Um, then he brought up server meshing um, as well as pyro. Um, and so very similarly, um, server meshing is going to take a lot of testing and so they are targeting having it in front of Evocati by the end of this year. Um, but it does hinge a lot on how effectively persistent entity streaming uh, goes. So, you know, be forewarned, and Chris already said it, uh, pyro and, and server meshing and jump points, those all could potentially slip to the end of Q1. Um, but... There, there's a road there. We, we see it. It makes sense. It's one of the cornerstones of the of sort of the rest of the game. And there's not a lot left to do with server meshing. It's really about um, getting it in front of people to test and making sure it works the way that they they intend. And that's still, by the way, static server meshing, not full dynamic server meshing. But still, um, huge important thing. And then then dynamic server meshing though. They'll slowly bring online over, I think, several patches. But it makes it changes the sort of patch cycle that we have for this year. Uh, in order to account for this, uh, 3.17.2 is going to have a ton of content, and we'll talk about some of that in the roadmap roundup in a second. Um, and then, um, you know, they'll, they'll still have the normal patch cycle. So we will be seeing 3.19 this year as well. Um now, uh, in addition, they decided to postpone having a live in-person Citizen Con with the uncertainty as to what how bad um, the pandemic can uh, pick back up again uh, and are doing it digitally. 
And with it, they've decided not to focus their energy and resources on a huge keynote demo, instead favoring the smaller team presentations and letting their devs worry about getting server meshing out the door. Um, so, you know, while we won't get that big bombastic keynote this year, I think, you know, we're going to get something even more exciting, which is, is likely, hopefully, server meshing very soon. Uh, thoughts, Seaguard? Yeah, I, I actually had read some of this. So um, one of the things I just want to call out, one of the things I was very interested was that they he talked about how they had, um, and it's something I had missed, that they had been using iCache and working on this iCache mm-hmm. system. And he very, you know, very specifically called out that at the beginning of 2021, they said they realized iCache couldn't handle um, the late. Basically, it was not going to be responsive enough for the mm-hmm. number of people they had. So they took a different approach, re-architected it, and came up with a new solution, which they've already basically implemented. So yeah. that was kind of neat. That's the entity graph, right? Right. Persistent right. entity I, streaming. And from a project manager's perspective, that means that they learned some things, but they realized they also, it wasn't scalable. So they, they made the decision, tough decision, to move away from all that hard work and apply it to a new um, uh, stop or a new architecture, which is great. And uh, the fact that they did it and we didn't really notice it is even better. Uh, you know, so I thought that was good. I hadn't heard anything about that really. So I was kind of pleased with that. Yeah. Uh, they just uh, changed the name as far as I knew. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a significant rebuild and yeah. um, or rework. Uh I also, I do like the fact that, you know, he, he laid out a lot of things that they did and they have done a lot. I mean, I look back and it seems like yesterday we were getting the rock and we were amazed at the rock and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a totally different game from the, when the rock came out, but that was like 2021. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe the, it may be the beginning of 2021. I mean, that was just a while back. Yeah. So they have covered massive amounts of ground. Um, and the other thing is, you know, he said, hey, they're gonna they're gonna do this thing on Orison, and everyone kind of speculated, is this gonna work? They pulled off the show on Orison. It played well, it did a great job. You know, I really I only started having it kind of issues on Saturday, I think. But other than that, it was playing fantastic. And it was very smooth, very fast. Um I, you know, I I um Overall, I mean, I think that what this letter is, is saying, hey, you know, don't give up on us. We did a lot of good stuff. Don't forget. It's easy to, you know, forget. Uh, mm-hmm. You have run into some troubles, you know, troubled areas, but we've overcome them. And, uh, you know, the tech team is smart enough to do that. And I think really what the road, the Ford point is, I think we are seeing, you know, what's, what's Winston Churchill saying? This is not the, this is not the. This is not the end, but it is the beginning of the end of the beginning. So I think we're at the beginning of the end. I think it's really what it tells me. Yeah. I think we're going to, I think, you know, by by the end of 2023, I would almost, man, I would, I would have to bet very heavily that Squadron 42 will be out. 
and that we will be looking at 4.0 with, you know, you know, and looking at the last opportunities to buy ships under credit. Uh, and we should start seeing the population base growing. Yeah. I, you know, as far as the star citizen, citizen con being virtual, it's great for people who live in LA or live in an they live in Austin and, you know, people can afford to fly in, but for the average you know, slob like me, you know, I can't spend two or 3000. I can spend them on spaceships, but I can't spend them <laughs> on a plane ticket. <laughs> you gotta live in a hotel down there. Yeah. <laughs> my, my children may go hungry, but only for spaceships. <laughs> I was going to say, I was hoping we could go to one. <laughs> I would go with you. I would go with you. If you guys went, I'm there. I would pay the money. I would pay the money just for the fun. But, um, but I haven't gone to any yet. I did go to one yeah. bar, bar since. So, yeah. In, in Austin, I was down there for work. So I went to one. Oh, nice. Yeah. That, so. That's talk about good timing, huh? Yeah. It was just, it was great. And, uh, you know, the guys I was talking to, I didn't even recognize it. I'm like, holy crap, that's who that is. You know? Yeah, meet him in person. They're different. They're different heights and different sizes and different faces, beards, no beards. Uh, But anyway, before I digress, that's my take on the letter. I I take it as a positive note. Uh, Yeah, I don't hear any dis, um, and I take this all with an eye at why do you move half your people to to England, and you certainly wouldn't want to do that for. Grins and giggles, right? They're putting yeah. something together at the end now. That's why I say it's the beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I um what do you what do you think, Chekhov? How do you how do you feel? I I didn't read the letter, but I <laughs> looked at uh I'm not shocked. <laughs> yeah. I listened to a couple of YouTubers that we know, you know, mm-hmm. talking about I think the overall theme was the I guess true transparency and setting uh, uh, better expectations, mm-hmm. because, which is good. You know, like you said, you know, high cash. I mean, I I think they played it down. I'm sure that they would have, you know, they maybe should have sensed that this was not a scalable solution and should have gone down that path. But, you know, they guess they fixed it and they're moving hopefully in the right direction. Uh, but, uh, you know, what they're attempting is extremely, extremely difficult, you know, making yeah. this, as we, as we see now, I mean, this game is not polished as we speak. And now you do server meshing. Oh my God. You know, I can't even imagine. I almost, I, I almost don't want server meshing because honestly, I think I'm, I'm okay with 50 players on the server. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what kind of mess we're gonna have? Uh, and desyncing. De- I I could just see yes, probably the in the initial iteration is gonna be huge desyncing with server. Probably, rush, very know? likely. But um, yeah, I mean overall, I agree with Seeker. I think we came really a long way. He should keep that up. I mean that was extremely healthy. Um, there was a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, definitely a good, uh, like I said, a, a good transparent view of the road and probably fairly realistic. Yeah. It's definitely compared to sort of the debacle that was the way they rolled out the changes to the roadmap 
earlier this year, um, compared to the way they handled that, this was quite a different story. And I think one, instead of, of course, I want to see salvage sooner. Of course I want things to come out soon, but to know that to wait a little longer and it very likely be a much better experience. I'm fine with that. And it, at least we have a sense of how likely it is to happen um, within not even a short amount of time, but within a long amount of time. See, Chekhov, you weren't here for 3.0. No, no, no. And it was a nightmare. So what happened, they, they've changed the way that they sort of like communicate their development and the way that they uh, plan releases. Um, much differently. So what they used to do, Chekhov, is they used to say, okay, um, for instance, let's say 317. Here are the things we want to have in 317. They'll go through that whole process and they'll release 317 when it's ready. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes you we wouldn't see a patch for a long time. 3.0 was supposed to launch in... 26 2016 or 2017 i think at some point it took a whole year wow. it took an entire year before it was released and so they changed the development and, and it was awful when it released too it was really really bad i couldn't play um for a while uh and it really took um that experience people got were really upset and they lost a lot of players i think at that point in time because there's no content coming out um but you know very similar to what they're working on now it, this was the first introduction of um their use of planetary tech right their their procedural planet tech etc it took a lot of time and resources so but once it was launched we got patches every quarter yeah, they slip from time to time, but instead of focusing on at, at releasing everything, they decided it's okay to let things slip. We'd rather get the patch out than let it slip. So, you know, that that was a huge improvement. Uh I I have to say I just I just feel very encouraged by it and I'm excited. I I loved all the stuff that Chris talked about. It was really yeah, interesting information. Um, I'm surprisingly okay with citizen con not having a keynote as much as I love it. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I forgot to mention is he did say they're still going to keep squadron a little quiet for now, but we should, you know, we will hear something about it somewhat soon. So that to me still screams. They're probably waiting to see what they're probably evaluating what, what final pieces of that tech need to be completed but really at this point they have almost all the systems to be able to launch the game i think it's going to be minor things from this point out um with squadron and then with the i mean you look at the the pu once server meshing is in i think we're going to get systems really fast because look at how fast this montreal team is moving yeah they're just like they're using they're just, 
they're using the assembly lines that were created for the first couple. Exactly. Of years. Well, that's the thing. It's yeah. like we forget we we forget how much of what's been going on these past few years. You know, because we'll, people will be like, "Oh my god, these patches have nothing in them." Yeah, because they're building the technology to quickly build things, right. and they've created very sophisticated pipelines for almost everything. So, pretty cool stuff. Uh, so, with that letter, we did last week get a roadmap roundup with a ton of new info. So, uh, I'm going to go through what what they said. Uh, this was May 25th, so last week. As we explained in great detail in our latest letter from the chairman last week, we're going to update release view this week to reflect the rollout of key technologies in 2022 as we continue on the road to Alpha 4.0. First, you'll notice that the 318 column has been adjusted to now arrive in Q3 2022. We're aiming to include with the release of Alpha 318 the implementation of persistent entity streaming, a core technology that allows for all dynamic objects in Star Citizen to persist across servers and play sessions. A fundamental change to how state is recorded in the persistent universe is going to have a lot of education cases and issues we have not come up, come across yet or foreseen. Because of this, we are approaching 3.18 differently than our previous releases as we are anticipating that 3.18 will require a much longer time in the Evocati PTU testing phase than our previous releases. The goal will be to get two to three months of testing in 3.18 in the PTU for an alpha 3.18 release to live in late Q3. However, there's still plenty of content on the way in the meantime. This will be released in our current alpha 3.17 branch in a 3.17.2 update, which is targeting late June. These features will appear on the release view in the existing 3.17 column, currently marked as tentative until their final reviews are complete. As a reminder, a column encapsulates any incremental patches within that same column. For example, the 3.17 column lists all content coming within that patch cycle, including 3.17, 3.17.1, and 3.17.2, etc. Once 3.17.2 is released, testing on 3.18 will commence shortly after. The 3.17 features listed below, save for the first one, are all targeting this Q2 release. Um, additionally, there will be an Alpha 3.19 update at the end of Q4 with a similar testing approach as 3.18 for the initial release of server meshing, the pyro system, and more in Alpha 4.0. Therefore, you'll see the 319 column has been updated to release in Q4 2022. Please let us know if you have any questions on the new release cadence, and be sure to check out the letter from the chairman for more details. So, release view. The following cards have been added to release view. The Drake Mule. Building, implementing, and balancing Drake's cargo vehicle. The Mule as a game-ready vehicle. This feature has been added to 317. Illegal Delivery Missions. Implementing illegal variants of delivery missions into the persistent universe, including reputation gains with criminal factions. This feature has been added to 317 column and is targeting delivery in Q2 uh, in 317.2. AI Planetary Navigation. This system allows NPCs to move on planetary surfaces using dynamically generated navigation mesh. This will efficiently process planet terrain and objects to prioritize 
the processing of the environments around the players into NavMesh, allowing the use of all existing functionalities on planets. The first implementation of this feature will be the derelict, uh, the reclaimer derelict point of interest. This feature has been added to the 317 column and is targeting delivery in Q2. Derelict reclaimer points of interest. Additional points of interest that will be scattered both on planets and in space. They will be derelict Aegis reclaimers with some type of activity, whether it's puzzle, traversal, missions, along with rewards to loot. This feature has been added to Alpha 317, targeted Q2 delivery. Additional Stanton Lagrange points. Implementing additional rest stop locations surrounding Microtech and Arc Corp, including both the stations themselves and the gas clouds surrounding them. This feature has been added to 317 and is targeting Q2. Siege of Orison, implementing of Siege of Orison, a new dynamic event in the Persistent Universe featuring both FPS and flight combat. This new event puts you against Ninetales to liberate the floating platforms of Orison. This feature has been added to the 317 column and is targeting delivery in Q2 uh, as well. Persistent Entity Streaming. Implementation of the Persistent Entity Streaming core technology into Star Citizen, making use of services such as Entity Graph and Replication Layer. This will allow every dynamic object in the game to fully persist across all servers, irrelevant of whether it is owned or held by a player. This feature has been added to the Alpha 318 column. And then the progress tracker, the following deliverables previously unannounced have been revealed on the progress tracker. Drake Mule, uh, as well as the Anvil Legionnaire. Okay, wow. Um, so we already talked about Invictus. Um, but is there anything else? I, I had this as my notes from last week when we were supposed to record, uh, and then we didn't. Is there anything else about Invictus anyone wanted to talk about, Seagard? Well, we haven't seen the pirate stuff yet, right? We haven't seen the um, battle over uh, uh, Alasar. Yeah, that's the um, that's the Siege of Orison, so it's coming probably yeah, by the end of June. Okay, gotcha. Um. Okay, cool. I just oh. Uh, oh, go ahead. one last thing. I was just uh, making an observation. I'm at the the site where they're talking about Manchester, England. It's right below the chairman's letter, uh -huh. and I noticed on one of the diagrams they have a mock up of the cafeteria or a break center for one of the floors in Manchester, mm -hmm. and they have a ship on the end, and that is not a ship I've seen before. Oh, I'll t take a look at that after. Yeah, it looks a little bit different. Um, if anyone uh, knows what that ship is, let us know. It's like you're looking at the bottom of a ship. I just can't mm. quite mm. identify what it is. See, these are the kind of bugs that are very frustrating. Yeah. Area 18, the only place to buy certain weapons, and I can't get in that store for two days now. That's not fun. Yeah. Um, Isn't that part of the Ukrainian, um, you know, yeah. lockdown for finances? Maybe, yeah, you got a lot to exchange the, funds with Russian people. It, yeah, it's a part of the um, <laughs> European uh, sanctions. That's what it is. See, that's what it is. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, yeah. That would be true if I would have seen two other players go to the same thing. But 
you know what? They could have been Russian. I don't know. <laughs> and you're actually a U.S. citizen. So you're American. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we've got some tips and tricks for everyone. Uh, Skyguard has two for us. He said, one, you can use the white faceplate. Mine is bound to Alt plus X to easily check to see if you have a helmet on before leaving a pressurized environment. Uh, that's actually a great point, Skyguard. Two, if uh, if you decouple when, with landing gear down while in a gravity well, you won't plummet straight to the ground, but keep heading in the trajectory you were. This makes it easy to look at stuff when prospecting. Um, interesting as well. Uh, Master Chief, he said... So I found out the hard way. If you plan to have several accounts and expect to gift some ships from the main account to the second account, you might find that you can't. What you can't gift: pledges made with full, uh, sorry, pledges made with partial or full store credit, pledges with special promotions or rewards, pledges with extremely high monetary value above a thousand U.S. Any model of the Idris, regardless of the mon monetary value. Oh, and another one not technically documented, but a single ship from a pack. I guess it goes without question, but I wasn't thinking about gifting when building my fleet. But now that I want to diversify, I can't move half my fleet. I would imagine... Um, Master Chief, on the plus side, you might be able to attribute maybe not full ownership of a ship to another another account, but you might be able to, um, you know, allow someone on uh, your. You might be able to give permission to to use the ship and control the ship, so it might not be an issue. But we'll see. Um, are you losing my mind? Said. Typically, all you can carry out of a bunker at one time is three large weapons, two on the back and one in the hand. If you're wearing a medium backpack and have two guns on your back, you can drop the backpack with your rifles attached, put two guns on your back, pick up the backpack with the rifle still attached, thus carrying four rifles at a time. A 25% increase in loot mm. goblin powers. Good, <laughs> good one. Very good. An interesting one. Even uh, better yet, you can have your friend drop theirs and carry yours, and then you <laughs> can carry two more. There you go. <laughs> Truly a great ground goblin. Uh, Tavo said, you can buy a token with new cash, e.g. the Drake Mule will be out in a few days. Then use store credit to upgrade the mule to a higher item, and it is giftable. Uh, the key is that the original purchase must be new cash. Oh, that's a great tip, Tavo. I didn't think of that. Uh, new to our, our Discord server, Noctis Actual says, a bounty tip, stealth, bombers, stealth bomber bounties equal easy. Locked on target with size 9 death. Doesn't even know he's about to get hammered. Rock on image. Um, uh, that's the image he showed, rock on, FYI. I didn't, he didn't say rock on image. Um, Mark three generic said you can now use the ASOP terminals in third person. Once a character has snapped the face to the terminal, you can switch to third person and scroll the lift to retrieve store and claim ships. Yeah, yes. That's, that's 
that's the beauty of um, uh, what you call it, the UI conversion. He was, he was just on the other day. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. It was good to good yeah. see him. Good. Yeah. Um, Mr. Tukey Two D says, reading about the talent, it comes equipped. Um, oh, this is probably the wrong section. I'm gonna. I'm going to say, I'm going to move this to a different section. So we'll talk about it in a second. Sorry, Tuki. It just doesn't make sense in this section. Um, okay. Now, let's see. And before uh, we go I, to the next section. I was going to say, any tips and tricks from you, Seaguard? Well, one, we should say, Skyguard, we're sorry. This is kind of a short notice one to do it on a Wednesday. I'm sorry. Yeah, today's Wednesday. Today's Tuesday. Uh, today's Tuesday. Damn, yeah, it's so, a long uh, weekend. Yeah, it's a long weekend. Up. So uh, anyway, we'll get you in the next one. Uh, so tips and tri- tips from tips and tricks for me. Um, yeah, let's see. What did I really kind of learn? Um, nothing. Nothing. Uh, I, I have to say, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, so I, I really can't. Uh, so I'll pass. I have something no minor. And Go this ahead, is more check a, off. I uh, so now we could buy weapons and uh, select where you're putting them into mm-hmm. a local inventory or directly into the ship. So at least on Orson Cousin Crows, I bought and selected the ship, and they did not appear. So don't do it unless you want to lose quite a bit of money so but you want to buy it into the local inventory then it's fine uh, and then you can equip it to the ship but selecting it straight to the ship at least in cousin crows it did not work i didn't test it out anywhere else oh that's unusual i i had it work for me the other day not on cousin crows but somewhere else yeah so from where uh was it? I think I was. Yeah, I was at PO. Okay. Yeah. So it could be different from station to station. Yeah. Most definitely. Um. Now, well, let me just pull my screen back up. That brings us to everyone's favorite section. Anything from you, Seaguard, this week for science? Um, and I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so I got to make something up now. Uh, well, I can say I can tell you this: if you if you're if you're like me, uh, you know I typically don't swap a lot of engine parts around and stuff like that. I run my ship stock, uh, but I did swap out uh, drive on my uh, quantum drive on my C two the other day. And it went from the stock one to class A military, spent the money. And uh, the difference in speed is it it's easily takes 50% off the time to get to the next jump. So I was jumping pretty far, pretty long distances. And on a ship like the C2, which has, you know, huge amounts of fuel, you could still, you could make 
at least one one more run per hour by increasing to a much better quantum drive, um, increasing your profit significantly. So if you haven't done that, might be worth trying it. Um, so that was one of the things I did experiment with. I went out and spent the money. So That doesn't sound like a bad, uh, bad one at all. See? <laughs> I was really surprised it was that much of a difference. <laughs> yeah, another um, thing. When it comes to equipment, don't waste your money. A, B, and C is irrelevant right now. So just look at the spec. Go strictly by the spec because uh, A, B, and C may come into play at some future point in time. By that time, everything you own will be wiped anyway. So you're going to end up getting your equipment. So go by the spec. If it's faster, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't. You, how do you look at the spec? Because I mean, I just look at the item. I don't go out of the game to look at anything. I mean, I I look just at the man, you know at the at the purchasing menu and uh, may ask. I may look at details for it, but usually, you know, just say military spec A, and I've always found those to be better than civilian spec A. Right, the military spec A and spec C. Uh, a lot of times, just the same performance. Okay. Could that be a function of brand? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's some brands that are different. Some, yeah. That's why right. I said it, it. You know, looking at spec is important because yeah. you know that's the only way to tell. Yeah. Uh, we did. We did have something for signs from one of our. Yeah, I was going to say. Right? Yeah. Do you do you remember it or do you want me to go over it? Uh, no, you you go ahead. Okay. Um, so Badger, Bloody Badger actually, um, noticed a phenomenon the other day and it was related to clothing. So, um, cold weather clothing, well, and clothing in general has a temperature rating. Um, and so he was on his ship in one of the, um, one of the coats, I think from Microtech and discovered that his clothing was so hot that um, he had a timer come up for how long he would survive wearing that clothing. Um, he, he gave some specific numbers, but I did not jot those down. So, um, but yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. I didn't realize that that happened. Um, I did have, I did have a funny one while you were uh, out for a couple of days. I landed and uh, I had gotten distracted before I left to go pick up some cargo, and uh-huh. I realized I was in my my uh, C two or my Taurus actually, not my C two, with no suit, no helmet, because I've been trying to change into regular clothes more often. Yeah. So I'm sitting on the ship, no helmet, no clothes. Um, you know, fifty yards away from the entrance of the building, I'm on Lyria. I'm like, huh, this sucks. <laughs> so I <laughs> looked at how many med pens I had. <laughs> it, it took the slow way down because you got to take that damn uh, elevator. And uh, was shivering as soon as I hit the bottom and made the sprint for the building. It got there with 53% of my health left. And I'm like, okay. So I went and looted everything I could, put it into the storage, you know, and uh, loaded up the ship with cargo. And, uh, Turned around and now it's like there's no no way I can heal myself because it won't let me heal myself even with a gun I have, the healing gun I have. So it's like okay, 
So now what am I going to do? I'm going to have 53%. But now I have to wait for the lift to come down, right? So it's going to be close. So, so, of course, I headed out, ran for the ship, got in the ship. Uh, the elevator went up. I got to the top of the elevator, and all I could do was open my menus. That's all I could do. <laughs> I had 1% health left. So, oh, my goodness. And I'm, and now, I could do little things like drink water, eat food could try to heal myself, but it wouldn't sense any wounds. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So luckily, Haymar came and got me. And uh, he healed me and brought me up to full spec. And I was able to fly the mission back. So so oh, if you wow. find yourself in a said, said situation, give it a try. It's, it's exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you couldn't loot um, an undersuit and a helmet. <laughs> well, I, I was, that's actually what I was hoping. I figured I could get a med, you know, a med pen somewhere or something like that. I would be able to do something to heal myself. It was yeah. worth the risk, but uh, I really wasn't sure how much I'd have when I got there. Fifty-three. I'm like, yes, I'm slightly ahead. I am so sorry. I got it real quick because my cat's at the door hanging. Yeah, go ahead. Mm. Well, the other one. I'll talk to Chekhov about this one. So I saw a show the other day where a group. I can't think of who they are, but uh, they're an org. They are practicing their and training their people by doing the clearing, the you know, the, the drug raids and all that, and the defense missions with uh, two-man teams only in civilian clothes and with one weapon. Mm. So you can't reload because you don't have an inventory. You have to actually manually drag it from your inventory into your weapon. So your yeah. reloads are a lot slower. And, uh, you know, they're running around with ball caps on and sunglasses and cool shirts on <laughs> it's Very pretty cool yeah two guys go through and they do it as a training mission <clears throat> so i was like that would be fun excellent um so that brings us to your question of the week seaguard yes and a few weeks ago when you asked it you said what do you like or dislike about ship inventory um, Canuck 2099 said, I know that the eventual goal is to have some specific locations in ship ships for specific storage, but I personally like the general ship inventory system. I know it is transitioning to lockers and drawers and whatnot, but I like it now. Um, are you losing my mind? Said, I dislike the fact that the inventory access is instanced. It makes sharing resources more difficult. Um, J.D. Boone says, not that easy to navigate. Tuki2D says, I like where it's going. I dislike the patience required to get there. <laughs> um, <laughs> with a eyes shut laughing emoji. Blitz said, like other areas of the inventory system, no ability to set multiple, select multiple items for faster movement across inventories. Um, Skyguard said, yes, makes moving shop quite the ordeal um mark three generic said they implemented it quickly and it shows it had to be implemented since they were removing global inventory and something had to be made there's a few ux ui tweaks that could be made to streamline um the placeholder experience the question thus becomes do we want cgi cig not cgi cig to spend time on this placeholder or should that time be spent on the intended physical system or its underlying technology? 
Um, Noctis Actual says, there isn't really ship inventory if when you store it and log out, it's gone. I would like to store guns in the gun rack that stay there and are visible so when I'm ready to call the ship, it's operationally ready for the mission I'm prepped for. Um, are you losing my mind? I think the system... Oh, hang on one second. <laughs> the problem is my roommate <laughs> is watching a movie, which isn't a problem. It's that I'm trying to keep my cats either in my room or out of my room. doesn't matter which to me. When I close them in the room, they want to get out of the room. When I close them out of the room, they want to get in the room. Gotcha. So, so it's not one of those movies that's like you worry about us hearing like the background music, like wah 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 wah. No, no, yeah. it's, uh, it's it's Harry Potter. Okay, so, <laughs> the um, version, but it's great. Just the regular one. <laughs> um, are you losing my mindset? I think the system is actually pretty good when it works. I don't mind the UI. It needs a move all button. And shops need a sell all or sell quantity option. But other than that, I think it's fine as an interim system. My biggest complaint other than bugs is not being able to allow other players to access my inventory. It would help a lot when you're doing missions with new players. Oh, I guess my cats just decided they were going to let let themselves out and in. Um, <laughs> you're doing missions with a new player to let them kit out in quantum kit out in quantum out of your inventory instead of spending 30 minutes explaining the shop system, advising what armor they should get dealing with them being broke because they're new and explaining the inventory system. You can just say load up. I have a kit you can use. Sure. You can drop items for them, but doing that is really is a real pain even when it works and it often risks things falling through the floor. A hundred percent. Oh, now they're fighting. It's good. Jeez. Oh, the cats that is. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Duke Nukem said, I only dislike not being able to stack. It gets super cluttered when you have 10 of the same thing. Uh, agreed. What about what about you, Seagard? Uh, so, you know, I actually had a thought on this the other day. It just kind of popped into my head as I was loading up stuff from a local inventory. As most I, thoughts do. <laughs> yeah, and, and I really thought, I said, wow, you know, wouldn't it be neat to have a button just to to move it all over. And then for yeah. a fleeting moment, I had that secondary thought, you know, you and I are kind of into the um, immersion factor. And I said, but that's not really how it works in real life. It's a pain yeah. in the ass to go load up things. You yeah. got to walk over, pick up the box, move the box over, put it down, go back, get another box. It takes time. And while you're doing that, that adds pressure to you, especially if you're doing something of a criminal nature. Yeah. If you're an org, you can go in and strip the place real fast because you have lots of people. If you're an individual, you may not be able to do that because you would be at risk. So maybe there's a compromise that says you can do a row of items at a time, right? Yeah. Four or five items at a time, not the whole inventory. And that's going to make like individual players who are trying to ransack someplace, they're going to have to go in and have a really specific list of what they want to steal and what they can carry and then get out. Um, yeah. 
otherwise, you know, one person could go in and wipe out an entire area and leave nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think there may be a middle ground in there that would be worth discovering. And I, I do think it's something along the lines, you know, what could you carry in your hand? Could you carry a box? Absolutely. Take the box. But if you want to take four items out of that box, is it better to just take the four items or take the whole box? Yeah. Right? So I, I think I think uh, the take everything button is not the right answer. I actually think it's take them, not even take all of all of one type of item. I think it's a matter of some limit, maybe five. Like if it's clothing, let's just take clothing, for example, or wine. Could you carry five bottles of wine in your bare hands? Probably. Six would probably be a little harder, you know, especially yeah. if you got equipment on and everything. A backpack you could load six or seven into so I think there's a I think that getting everything at once with one button is not the right answer. Yeah. I I have a feeling what we'll see is the intermediary steps might be a little bit painful for a while. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think it'll be more elegant when you could just grab place, grab place. Right. Uh what about you, Chekhov? Yeah, I mean, from an immersion standpoint, I guess I agree as much as I'd like to select all or at least select the category, right? It's sort of uh, unrealistic, you know, how many pieces of armor can you really carry in real life in your hands, you know? Well, it should be more than one. Uh, maybe, it should be. It should be. Yeah, maybe it should be. Think of it as someone's ransacking your place, right? Let's say it's your your facility and you've got your stuff there. Just one button to clear it all out is that's not right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You want to be able you want to catch them in the act, then it's real fun because now you've got to fight to keep your stuff, kill them. Maybe they get it all anyway because they kill you. <clears throat> Things like that. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, what's your question for this week? So this one is just, again, I had a thought the other day and I, so I'll give you the orient, 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 <laughs> origin of the thought. So the thought was, is that I was getting a burrito and I was getting some water and some other stuff at the little, you know, the hot dog shop. And I realized that a bottle of water is not really that much different in the game than in real life. It's, you know, thir- three euros or e- UAE, was it UECs? Uh, AUEC? AUECs versus, you know, $2, two fifty for a bottle of water, right? If you're at a, if you buy it by the case, it's a lot cheaper, right? Hmm. Uh, but individual bottles aren't that far off. Burritos were about the same thing, you know, breakfast burrito, it's about three bucks. So that made me think that Really, if you took that and you just kind of used America as the, and and we're an oddity, right? Let's say we're a you know fairly wealthy country, which we are. The average income is fifty thousand per year for for a family, for a, for an individual, not a family. Uh, it's I think it's uh, maybe there's fifty for for a family. So that means that NPCs. Should probably be making about fifty thousand AUEC per year. So, how much do we think as spaceship players, our income should be? 
And do we think that the cost of living, what do you think the cost of living should be for a year in the game? So that's a good, it's uh, a good question. You know, if you're just, if you're just crewing along on someone's ship, you know, 200,000 credits sounds reasonable. It's like a good paycheck, right? But uh, you're not going to be able to buy much in a game for that. <laughs> yeah. So I think that AUECs are probably a little bit, I think they should be more like pennies. <laughs> Some higher level of currency, right? <laughs> or ships should get drastically more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, it is funny because credits versus, um, you know, is a credit like a dollar equivalency then? Maybe. Well, well that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, you know, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go find a loaf of bread to do the comparison, and I can't yeah. certainly can't go check diamonds. But you know, we're hauling caterpillars <laughs> worth of, full of diamonds. I would have to think that that would be worth billions of dollars. So, <laughs> all right. Right. Hundreds of yeah. millions at a minimum. So uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that we're talking you know, forty thousand credit on a run. That's forty thousand dollars profit per run. That's pretty damn good. But your operating cost of your ship has to eat up some of that. So yeah, I, I just thought it would be interesting. So so the actual final question is: burritos, waters, and other items are priced close to our real world U.S. dollar. Uh, what do you think the average NPC will earn per year? And how much do you think the average player should earn per year? All right. So Excellent. Um, we got several uh, questions from the listeners. Um, Skyguard asks, uh, we already sort of talked about this, but what do you think of the Drake Mule? Like it a lot. Excellent. Um, check off what do you like think of Yeah, very cool vehicle. I, think I love it, the way it looks, by the way. Yeah, I like the fact that it's compact. I think it's uh, a reasonable... Um, I love the way it drives. They've really nailed the driving down on it. And the pivot steering and all that was mm -hmm. very well done. Um and I liked, uh, you know, Chekhov got to see that was the side, the you know, the rails for holding packages on the side. That's really cool and very extremely useful. Yeah. So. Yeah, super cool. All right, I'm excited to see how many ways we could find to use it in game. <laughs> um, Blitz asks, Corsair or 400i long term? Mm -hmm. Seaguard, Corsair or 400i? Um. Long term, four hundred I for me. Ah, uh, for me, Corsair. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I I have a hard time deciding because the Corsair has a lot of firepower. Um, and the four hundred I is just really beautiful. <laughs> I think I might lean towards the 400i yeah it's also flyable by a single player it's it's yeah. designed to be right yeah i i just like that you know if you said to me what do you want to work in day-to-day -day basis 400i would be it it'd be like a little bit of yacht that can charter and carry some passengers and throw some cargo in the back and 
Yeah. It's a great, it's a great ship for touring and exploration without like, I would assume you're assuming you're not going to get into combat. Correct. I actually think it's it's a it's a ugly beautiful ship, right? Yeah. Would be, yeah. You, if you put it in water, I mean, it would be an amazing looking boat, right? Yeah. Like, you could. I would own one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I suspect Chekhov did too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely like a mini yacht. Yeah. Uh, and then we actually got a couple people responding. Um. Uh, oh no! Actually, Silver Valk responded. Oh, I love the four hundred I. Mark Three Generic said, "If you have to move six people, pilot included, and we're only allowed to use the ship intended for a max of two, which ship would you use uh, to have um, them arrive with us at, with as few injuries and force reactions as possible?" So. Six passengers in a two-person ship. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Six passengers, two-person ship. Um, I, I would probably go for the Tana. Um, yeah, the Reliant Tana. Okay. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Cutlass Pluck. I would, I would go Cutlass Black as well. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Because it has the jump it. seats. So, I mean, I guess we're technically cheating in this way, Mark Three, because it's intended for two people, but it's got four jump seats, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, But it's also got a tur- turret, so you yeah. can have co-pilot and turret seat. If they ever add a toilet, that could be another seat. <laughs> <laughs> And I was planning on using the bed, but it's right that the Tana does have a toilet also. So, yeah. <laughs> so there'd be one guy standing up in the in the cubicle for a cargo, a little cargo area. Uh, the other thing, because you're much um, smarter than I was on that one. Well, the other thing too is the um, the Sen, or the or where the other one, the the Mako has the the seat for the. The video stuff in yeah. the back, so you could, you know, sort of split that up too. Yeah. Um, Skyguard asks, "What ship did you buy in Invictus?" Well, what you sort of gave us a run dive. What? You, yeah, what, what didn't you buy? You melt. <laughs> <laughs> what didn't you buy in Invictus? Uh, that's right. <laughs> um, was there any? Did you buy any solo ships, uh, Seaguard? Yeah, I mean, I did. I, you know, I bought the uh, 325A back. Um, it's just a good... I've always liked it because it is a little bit flashy and it is a good fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else did I buy back? Uh, that's that's kind of the, the main one I bought back. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, check off. Did you buy uh, Well, I remember I told you I almost bought a Corsair. Yeah. So you didn't end up buying anything. That's right. You no, didn't, didn't get no. any money. I did not buy anything. I almost, so I, I was considering melting everything and repurchasing what I wanted and then changing it up. And there's not really, I just don't see a reason to. Um, I, I'm happy with my ship composition right now. And I don't have to go rebuy certain things. 
at a different time, especially I was worried about not being able to rebuy the vulture for a while. Um, so I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'll leave it the way it is. Um, I've been good. I haven't been buying anything really. Uh, Tuki2D says, any guesses what will happen to crash derelicts post salvage and server meshing? Will they be salvageable? Will they become non-static locations? What do you think, Seat Garden? I, th- I think they're going to be salvageable. I think those are, what do you call it, um, when you have pl- gameplay appear autom- dynamic, spontaneously, mm-hmm. spontaneous gameplay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see where groups would fight over cargo, you know, wrecks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to also see the wreck come from, you know, other groups, you know, fighting, right? You know, maybe yeah. one out of three ships, you know, crashes into the planet and it becomes a wreck. Um, yeah. So as you strip away some, you got a steady supply of old ones coming in. Yeah. More ones coming in. What about you, Chekhov? Um, oops, I, I missed the question. Do you think um, with um, with the implementation of server meshing and salvage, um, do you think the derelicts will become salvageable? I would say so, yeah. They they would probably create some sort of a cable around that. Yeah, okay. I think so. Cool. They, they I, probably, uh, I mean, re, re, yeah, they're going to respawn them just like rocks and everything else. You'll yeah. salvage and then they'll reappear. I get the sense that the derelicts we have in game, maybe the current ones won't be. Because think about it this way, like the Javelin crash site. Right. That's not going to be salvageable. Yeah. But... I do think we'll have derelicts in game and missions in game that relate to. So I think they'll get to a point where the mission system generates missions. So for instance, find valuable cargo X or find data pad or whatever from a crash site when something crashes, right? Like an NPC crashes or, or player character crashes and they could make the request as well. Um, and I think those will become salvageable. So we will be able to salvage like ships that fall out of the sky or get destroyed in, in battle, etc. I don't know how they plan on tying that in with the existing derelict missions. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think it's highly possible but I don't think they've been building the derelicts with the materials that are physicalized the same way that they, they're going they're to have the ships do it. So they're not, I think, I think this is down the road. We're talking, right? Yeah. I think. And yeah. I, I would love to say like a missing registry, you know, ship, yeah. missing ship registry. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you like could get an idea of what their approximate location. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be a great way to, to do those missions. Yeah, you, know, you can take the mission, or you can speculate and find your own missions. Yeah, that that'll be cool. Um, Silver Valk says, with Pyro now firmly on the horizon, I'd love to hear how you plan to approach it. One, would you go and explore straight away, or wait to hear what others say? Two, would you go alone, 
or wait until you can gather a group of friends? And then three, which ship would you pick and where would you go first? Um, Seeker? I would probably go with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, go, you know, probably on your character or something like that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, maybe check a out. small expedition. Uh, yeah, some, 100%. Bring some firepower along. A group of friends, you know, character's good, but definitely bring some fire, you know, maybe some fighters. Oh, so you would go, you'd go with an escort? Yeah. Check off? Yeah. Maybe a couple heavy fighters and a, and a carrier. Yeah, a couple of sentinels. Yeah, would be nice. Would you, would you um, if they gave you the option of spawning a base there first, like picking a new location and it's not oh. the station system, would you rather go to Pyro or would you rather go to Stanton? No. I, I, would, I would be in Stanton. Yeah, same. At least for now, yeah. That's what I think, too. I don't even know if I'd log off in Pyro. <laughs> yeah. Sounds for my long play sessions. Deep oh, space. True. True. Um, yeah, I would go straight away. I would go with a group. I would probably take a Carrick and maybe an Escort for sure. And the, once that launches, it will be fun because we will probably have a lot more multi-crew gameplay going on. I'd take Jack off in the Star Fair. There you go. You never know when you need to harpoon another ship. <laughs> That's <you> right. <laughs> um, it was too funny, man. It was too funny. Noctis Actual says, my question is about ship inventory. Do you know when ship inventory will delete items you put in there when you log out and back in? This breaks immersion in many ways and should be considered critical. If you have a specific ship you respond with in a certain way, um, you would have to have pre-stage gear on board. So when you summon it from any spaceport, you are good to go. It also sucks if you have cargo and want to load up the ship of cargo and complete the delivery when you log back in, etc. cetera. Um, I haven't noticed this not working, so I, I can't speak to this. Does anyone else notice this not working? Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, I've had a lot of crashes lately, but I've generally gotten the ship back. Um, with with the cargo and things, I think once I did not. Um, I I found for me that I am using those small boxes to load up on things like a medical gun, you know, an extra tractor beam gun, and or you know, a gun with all the options on it, and extra food and water. Um, and I use those. I just keep those with me at all time. I fly around on my little ships, dragging in the inventory. Land, mm-hmm. drag it out of the inventory, call a big ship up, drag it onto that ship, and fly it around. Yeah. Uh, and when I leave that ship, I take that off. Uh, it's two or three small boxes. It works great. Uh, that way, I always have like a, I call it, you know, to go boxes or ready, to, mm-hmm. ready, ready bags. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think that's a very useful way to do it. Okay. Cool. Uh, I also, so Mach 3 actually answered. He goes, not a host, but I'll answer anyway. It should, um, it should remember things minus between major updates. Currently, the servers are barely holding together. Items don't get properly transferred, and Alpha UEC goes missing regularly at the moment. It's being investigated, but it's assuming 
I'm assuming it's not an easy fix since we're going into the third day of continuing major issues. Edit added major because this is Star Citizen and there's always issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, um, yeah. It does Sky- happen. So. Yeah. Uh, Skyguard asked, how do you think persistent and an entity streaming will affect mining? Will all the moons be mined out? What do you think, Seagard? How will it affect mining? Well, I think that it's... Um, I don't think they're going to be mined out, but I think you're going to have to definitely know where to mine. Right? right now, we just kind of fly to an area and go, well, let's look around here until we find something. Uh, but rarely do we say, hey, somebody stay here for tonight. Tomorrow we're logging back in and we'll come find you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't leave anything on the ground to mark our positions. I think in the future that's going to be a big deal. Because I like you know the question tonight about driving income. You know what's your average player expect? You know for the, for a year. I mean, you know, if you just look at a good you know good salary is two hundred thousand a year. Now mm-hmm. that's an excellent salary in real life. I mean, and uh, you know that's. If that's what you're making as a player, you're not going to be able to. You're going to be able to buy an Aurora like every other year. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. So, so it's going to be it's going to be hard to make money, but it has to be somewhat easier um, and more plentiful. You know, as they scale up, right? So yeah, the prices have to go way up. Like for for crappy things, they have to go way up. To like where quantanium is now, and quantanium them have to be extremely high, um, and the danger accordingly gets higher, or you know the price for everything has to drop. Yeah, uh, you know I don't know how else to do it. I mean, that's why to me it's such it's kind of an interesting thought mechanic more than anything. Yeah. Well, think of it this way, you know, we. Even if you make $200,000 a year, you probably don't buy, a, you can't buy a, a yacht necessarily, right? right? And so that, that's kind of what, what I think about with, with regards to ships. Um, yeah. Um, well, you not- should, should be able to buy a, not, not a real capital ship, not a javelin. But you should be able to buy up to eight ninety in a year. And I would I would agree with you. I mean, I, I think to earn a ship outright, you know, just without buying anything in between, just say I'm gonna save my money and at the end of the year an eight ninety, absolutely. Yeah, but, you know. I, I don't think it's fair to a player if they can't advance. You yeah, know, at least it's fun. On the other hand, there has to be a balance of the challenge. Yeah. Right. Uh, so but, I, that's that's the kind of the thing. I, but, but I don't think we answered Skyguard's question. I think his yeah. question was, uh, how will the uh, persistence affect mining game? Right. Yeah. Well, it could affect it many different ways. Because right now we are always faced with the fact that you know when you're out there alone and you ran across a nice cluster. Uh, you know, you can only pick up a little bit of it and then it's gone. So, A, it will still be there, but the key is to um, 
well, if they want to make it difficult, then you want to have to figure out how to triangulate to find it, right? Or navigate. That would be real interesting. Give you some yeah. kind of navigational instruments uh, that are a little bit more complex, right? To literally would navigate to it. Uh, I would love to see that versus just simple, you know, a gadget that creates a beacon or you throw, you know, leave a box in space. That's not, you know, that, that, that would be a cheat. Yeah, real, real navigation, like, so, you know, well, like nautical type of navigation, that would be really cool. You know, it's out there, but now you have the instruments, but now go figure out how to get back there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you'll be able to leave, I think, markers for yourself or other players. Um, well, yeah, but again, it's yeah, if you cert, certainly we do that today. If we have a, a body, somebody stays behind, mm-hmm. you know, if, you, if you're mining. But what if you're solo, uh, there's nothing to leave behind. Yeah. You know? Well, and also, you know, in the future, they do plan on having... Um, Lane markers. No, well, not, not just that, but um, they plan on having the ability to find veins of minerals so you wouldn't be able to get it in your first go um yeah like i should be able to on my instruments know where i am in space right yeah it doesn't matter i could be in the middle of nowhere in the middle of aaron's halo and should be able to say "Uh uh-huh this is what where i am you know and i want to come back here so i should be able to navigate just like gps right yeah right back to it yeah. Um, I would say I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever have it a hundred percent where it's like there's a finite number of minerals on a planet or in the, in a space. But even if they do, then they would probably bump up how much, how many minerals are, you know, how much, how frequent we find them. Uh, in an effort to have a ton of available resources. But I think long-term, you know, it, it will degrade. Um, and that may be the actual physical location. It's no longer available because you've mined it out. Or it might be that based on the amount, you know, each planet has a set amount of X. Um, once it's mined out, then... It doesn't spawn anymore. Um, so it, uh, it'll likely be one of those two scenarios. You know, um, but I do think it'll be finite. I think Sigar just gave me an idea of something for science. I think I want to try to triangulate uh, a middle of nowhere and come back to it. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think. How would you do that? You well, do it by so direction. Right, so I could do, no, you you measure, let's say I come out of uh, RKL1 going towards, uh, you know, uh, Hurston, right? So drop in the middle, right? So now I know, you know, one distance from there to Hurston, that's one line, second line, there back to RKL1, and let's say third one, whatever, I'm not looking at the map, would be a third. That's your triangulation. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so, I guess what I'm asking is, how will you know you're successful? 
well, would right. drop something because out not, there to, yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah, you would have to. Well, I would need another player to stay there and not friend me. Okay. Yeah, that's right. a, that's a good idea too. Yeah. That's a good for science. Hmm. I suspect I have a request coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Let me so get some water. Yeah, <laughs> hang out in space for about an hour. <laughs> that's it. I'll be there. Yeah. I did uh, get the bug splatter the other day. I got bug. I got windshield windshield dumped by uh, Skyguard the other day. It was funny. We were laughing. So, or oh, oh, we were laughing so hard. Oh my god. I fell out of that ship three or four times. I got stuck in the rafters, literally. Uh, he had a tractor beam me out of the out of the rafters of the ship. It was it was it was ridiculous. Oh, so I got so mad at the door. I I went and bought a heavy suit, and I'm trying to ram it with my head. <laughs> you know, at area eighteen. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um. So Noctis actual actually responded. And he said. <clears throat> I I don't think it'll. Uh, he essentially said I don't think it'll affect mining um, because that would be game breaking. Spawn timers make sense, and what if a what if a lot of miners die with a load of quantum quantanium in the cargo? Will the game just have less quantanium? I think they'll keep the reasonable approach rather than hyper realism for this yeah. one. But what do I know? Uh, I do think they actually did mention that that they. What does my cat want? Um, Quantanium. I actually think they will limit. Personally, I think they mentioned it even, but you know they could always change their plans. Um, are you losing my mind? Said. What do you think the near future of scanning gameplay will be? With the entity graph being able to direct directly update the client, eliminating the limitations of network and bind calling on the current system. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you think, Seaguard? Uh, um, from a technical aspect of the game, I'm not sure, but I do suspect that scanning is getting pretty close to where it needs to be. Um, and I think that there's probably stuff already set up that we're not privy to yet for mm -hmm. like different size scanners, how multiple scanners will work together, how... Um, you know, the impact, the visibility of your ship. Uh, uh, you know, I think they have it. Also, the ability probably to filter on things. Yeah. You know, you know filter on ore versus gas and gases and things like that. I think it's already there. Um, I just don't think there's necessarily a way to reproduce it in every ship yet. Yeah. Or something along those lines, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see, like, filtering, you know, we should, I mean, come on, where, where are we, 2,900? I mean, we should be able to select, you know, what what exactly we want to scan for, you know, small, you know, hand mineable versus rock mineable versus prospector mineable versus a ship or a station or, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. should be able to be. The scanner should be intelligent enough to just, okay, well, what do you want to scan for? Boom. It filters out everything else and just looks for that item. Yeah. Because it's it's a pretty, like right now, it, it gets to be, the reason why I don't do as much mining as I would 
is it gets to be a little boring, especially when you're looking for rock mineables. You got to fly low, slow, and for a long time until you finally find something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they do one have to improve scanning a bit. Um, I think in the short term, we're not going to see that much. I think most of the scanning changes are probably coming in with squadron or, you know, being worked on for squadron. Um, who knows? I mean, we also have long distance probing that that's on the roadmap as well. So, or at least had been. And so that might be another interesting facet. A lot of it all has to do with the recording of information. I think the thing that they probably have to figure out, I think they have the behind the scenes stuff. It's more about the UI and also probably creating a separate scanner operator mode. But you you keep on saying squadron. Isn't the whole point that they throw this in a sandbox first, which is PU and then refine it here and then implement the squadron? No, nothing is being done in the PU first anymore. They're doing it in squadron, testing it internally, and then releasing it to the PU. Hmm. And and there's always been this storyline that generally if you play the games, you enter the sandbox with this reputation that you've earned in the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You may have right, a crappy right. career, you may have a great career, uh, but you enter with that kind of connection. And there, so there's an advantage of playing the game. Uh, but the well, game themselves are money generators, right? Real life money generators for C- C- CIG. So. Yeah, yeah, that's originally actually what attracted me to the game because, as I understood before I even start playing, is that you'll have this, you know, storyline, and storyline is totally intertwined. With a you know with, with the multiplayer game where depending where you advance to you gain your reputation and it's constantly crisscrossing, but I don't think it's to will be to that extent. Uh, it would be nice if it is. Yeah, you know, it'd be very yeah. cool. I think the game takes place before the P before current time but not much before, like, recent. And I also, you know, if you think about his games, he made Wing Commander, the series, which was kind of following a career, um, right? And various Mm -hmm. ships were involved and things like that. And then his next game was actually um, Freelancer. And then, what was it? Did he have Privateer also was one of them, I think? Mm -hmm. Right? So, I mean, I think he's going to follow that similar thread. And from a movie perspective, that makes absolute sense. You start as a military person, you go out and experience the real world, you know, with your experience and it's not what you thought. And then you get dragged into some shady deal and, you you know, you know, you start getting dragged then back into the military, getting involved again, either for good or bad purposes. So Mm. I could definitely see other seat, you know, other sessions coming down the road. Yeah. So. Um, Noctis Actual asked, what about have more ships with food and drink storage like in the Redeemer? They should be able to be restocked when you touch down on a landing pad, uh, like requesting fuel, etc. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a matter of priorities right now, right? And there's so yeah. many ships in the game. 
actually, you know, I actually, I would have to check if I have more flyable ships than I have ships purchased. Uh, no, that I that I I have more flyable than I have non-flyable. It's it's probably f- more than fifty percent right now. Flyable, yeah. I mean, you think about it, you know, it used to be just the Andromeda and, you know, the couple other ships. Now there's, you can fly everything from a Core A all the way up to a, a C2, all the Freelancers, mm-hmm. all the Constellations. You've got the, almost all the Drake ships, right? They, you know, Origin has almost all their ships. You're really looking at the big, big ships now. Yeah. Well, and... I, I think with physicalizing everything, then the food storage will be work. Yeah. You know, it's just once that's physicalized, yeah. I, I wish they would do it sooner because it'd make it a lot easier. Um, a lot of ships need their gold pass, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tuki 2D, this is the one that I had to move. He said, reading about the talent, it comes equipped, equipped with phalanx shields. I've seen speculation on the idea that the Talons will share share shields from each other's generators, thus giving one large shield pool divided between local Talons. Is there any merit to this? Help me, Citizen Cast. Mm. You're my only hope. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So multiple ships sharing shields. I mean, it I, sounds really cool. I actually have heard of something along this line with the Banu Merchantman and the Banu Defender. Mm-hmm. If you're within certain ranges, you get certain benefits from the bigger ship, and the bigger ship, you know, obviously it's the protection of the smaller ship. I heard some rumblings about that. What you know, there's a synergy between the two, but I have not heard that about uh, the. It was the. Um, it was the uh, the Crusader ships he was talking about, right? Um, no, the uh, no, Talon. Oh, the Talon. Okay, gotcha. No, I have um, not heard Banu. I have heard that. I've seen the speculate. Well, Banu are interesting because they take technology from all all the different cultures. Um, the only thing I know that the phalanx do that you don't get with other shields is they absorb ballistics. Um, was it the Sukran, Sukran shields did something like that? Yeah. That's on the Banu. Oh. They're more like a uh, directional instead of 360. Like cover certain hemispheres automatically. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like a cool idea. Maybe they'll have it. Um, and then we did get a question via email from Taylor McDonald. And he asks, he says, I'm new to the game, been playing, playing for a couple months. I bought a Cutlass out of game, but have more ships than uh, that I want to buy in game. I've been hearing, though, that there is a serv- if there's a wipe, I could lose ships I bought in game. Is this a real issue or am I getting false information? Thanks. I love the podcast. Mm, my favorite subject. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a real I guess issue. It's a real issue. Yeah. I mean, it, it does happen. It happens very infrequently. Yeah. And the big question is, you know, are they going to do a, re- a reset before they go 
and open up the thing to everybody, right? It becomes yeah. officially production. And I think that yeah. will happen. Yeah. Oh, and I think they'll wipe everything, including your money. Yeah. There's a major, I think, milestones with these things. Like, we, we just had a major wipe. And uh, I think right now, and this is just my personal opinion, uh, we're going to be safe for a while. I mean, I would say, you know, for probably good, if you look at a time frame, probably for a year. So it's worth building up a ship. But again, I mean, I, I was up to about, uh, what, uh, more than a dozen ships in game, and they all got wiped. So that's just, you know, part of what you do. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. already back up to six. So. Yeah. One of the advantages, like, with the Parley House, that's why we kind of have the Parley House, that you get the effect of being part of an org, but you're really kind of a collective of people that just kind of play together. Um, yeah. There's no commitments or anything, but we loan our ships all the time. We're always looking for someone who's never been on a ship. Yeah, let's take that out. You know, you can fly it, whatever. You never mind. Let's go mining. Take my prospector. I'll take the other one. I'll take my loaner or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I have many ships for exactly that purpose. Uh, so, you know, and, and I'm, there's lots of guys who have more ships than I do. So. Uh, I highly advise you to stop in the parlay house. We had four new people drop in within the last week and uh, all seemed very, very nice. And uh, mm -hmm. just come, just come play. That's all we do. So, yeah, you, you will find that we are not nearly as sophisticated as geeky would be. Have us be. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Me, I'm a knuckle dragger. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's still worth getting them in the game. And the other thing, Taylor, to keep in mind, there are two types of wipes that they go through. One is long-term persistence wipe. That is where your ships will be lost. Um, it's where your ships will be lost, Your any money you earned will be lost, and any of the items in your inventory will be lost as well. Uh, but then there's also other wipes that are minor. They haven't been doing them, but they essentially wipe things like ammo, um, and certain items from your inventory that, that you purchased in game, but, um, they try to keep them as few and far in between. I wouldn't be surprised though, if with PES coming in in 318, if they don't end up doing it then, um, to that, you know, that could be one that I think could happen. Um, or they will very likely wipe when we move to beta. Yep. And also, another again, strictly my opinion, it's not a financial advice, so get a professional advice. <laughs> but in my opinion, don't hold on to your money because if they find it too many exploits, they could just wipe the money and let you keep the ships. So I would just turn them into ships. Yeah. All righty. Well, that wraps up all of our questions. If you have any questions or content to submit to us, um, you can do so via email at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at citizencastsc. You could submit a message through Anchor or on our Discord. Um, or, of course, you could text us or leave a voicemail at 646-783-8154. And if you are looking for a crew 
for an org or just for people to play with, um, check out, as, as always, the community at Parley House. We are a place to socialize. It's a neutral zone where players of all types can play Star Citizen. Link to the Discord can be found in the show notes as well. Uh, and last but not least, we do have friends of the show who are content creators outside of just us. Um, so don't forget to watch Earth and Snorkel's videos as well as um, Undead Parrot's videos on YouTube or listen to the music that Admiral Cody and Calibri are creating, uh, including the, the music you hear in these episodes. And that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. With Stargard. Uh, Hopefully yeah. with Stargard, yeah. yes. Yeah. And the Ash Cover, yeah. A lot and, of questions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there were two Thank weeks for them. Thank you, Quantum. That was good. Spontaneous from the other day. Yeah, it was. You and the well, I didn't do it, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a couple weeks to check off. Well, for you, it's been longer because you were having oh, yeah, these audio I issues. Like that. Yeah, sure. But, uh, well, I don't think it's that up to go shopping, so I was happy. <laughs> I like, I like podcasts, you know, I go and see either shopping or cargo running. <laughs> I, uh, I tried to do a, uh, I forgot to say this earlier, I tried to do a box mission, not a box mission, but investigate and grab a volatile cargo mission the other day, and it was not working for me. One of them spawned underneath the ship. It was annoying. Mm. All right, we're done. Music is over. <laughs> Thanks, Checo. <laughs>